<laughs> one mean, to make sure Ash didn't spend thirty minutes on the toilet yeah, every time. Oh. Can we talk about <laughs> that for a minute? We need to talk about this for a minute. Men and their vacation poops. If I hear a cell phone in the bathroom while I am dealing with a screaming child, consider yourself on notice. <laughs> It's worse than that when they are in the bathroom and you can hear the phone and you know they're they're not shooting anymore. <laughs> they're not trying very hard. But <laughs> which you should not be trying very hard to But do. I my husband has had a hemorrhoid before that he got Sorry, a, sorry Bobby. <laughs> no. He Put that a, on blast. He got he got it on a jump. So I remember you telling me airplane this. Yeah. like landing bad and hit, he was clenching like his butthole and his pelvic floor and his abs and everything so hard because he was like braced like which you should not do like you should give into it on those jumps yeah but i guess like the speed and the way he was coming down and the wind it was like reflex he couldn't help it so this she's talking about parachuting for all our (laughs) non-airborne so he's like people you know just torpedoing down to the ground this like 250 plus pound person with all their gear on so he hits the ground and because of the force of him hitting the ground and him tensing up so hard he popped a hemorrhoid like an an external hemorrhoid like out of his asshole (laughs) and he it hurt him so bad and that's when he was converted to the squatty potty because he wouldn't use my squatty potty before that oh he was too good for it he was like this is weird i don't and then like (laughs) after that it decreased the pressure i think on that hemorrhoid so much that now he like will rarely poop without it so when he's in there for a long time i'm just like you know what you're going to get what's coming to you. That that hammer is going to just pop right back out again. <laughs> and you're going to suffer. I'm like, these are the things that like go in my mind. I'm like, you know what? You watch another video. You I'm, just sit there and you just sit there and strain all you want because that's not going to be fun for you. I'm still trying to decide if Ash has difficulty relaxing his pelvic floor and that's why he takes an hour to poop or if it's a mini vacation. An hour is like... Oh, a bit too long. I mean, I'm exaggerating. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a half hour, but I'm not exaggerating a half I mean, hour. We got to look this up. You should be able to poop. I in like... poop in two seconds. You right, don't you know should... if I'm pooping or peeing. It is the same time. Yeah. Like it should be. <laughs> I think that commercial talks about it. It's really like less than like less than two minutes. Like if you're in the, on the toilet trying to poop for more than two minutes, it's not good. Like yeah. you're putting undue stress on your pelvic floor. And if you sit there too long, your legs go numb. Have you had oh, that happen? Yeah. I mean, because sometimes I will try this little vacation trick oh, and like shut totally. myself in there and just sit there for as long as I can handle yeah. it. And then your legs go numb. And I'm like, yeah, oh, damn, no, I, I better get up. Like, that happens to me, <laughs> even if I haven't been there too long. But that's that's a whole other conversation about tension yeah but then he'll be like well i can't push it's not good to push i'm like you're right it's not good to strain yeah but, but if uh, you're sitting there to, like gravity's like we need to get that pelvic floor opening so you can yeah. get back to dad duties over here oh my gosh <laughs> or let me have the bathroom <laughs> it's always like a race in the morning to get get to the bathroom so i don't have to wait oh. for an hour because i think men inherently will have tensor posterior outlets well i think it i honestly think a lot of it comes from at least in in the military guys i see mm-hmm. their training like they're rucking mm-hmm. and their mm-hmm. their tension 
you know, just in their bodies from and like, but I mean, just in general, job. like kind of the shape of a, the male pelvis is a bit more narrow. Yeah, that's so true. Their pelvic floor is a little bit more narrow. Granted, they don't have a vagina that they need to accommodate space for, but there could just be inherently a little bit more posterior outlet tension plus all the you know the training absolutely makes that way worse but like is that why men may take longer to poop or yeah i bet you though it's more they want to think that they just got an excuse to think that (laughs) as will be like Haley said no no it's because my outlet is no smaller we're gonna say no you need to have some a digital pelvic floor exam. <laughs> Get some probes in there. And you need to relax that baby so that you can poop quicker. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hi, and welcome to the Don't Beat Around the Bush podcast. I'm Addie Holzman. And I'm Haley Kava. We're friends, pelvic floor physical therapists, moms, and occasional hot messes who are here for real, uncensored conversations about all things pelvic health. And because our conversations are uncensored, they're likely not appropriate for little ears. Please remember our disclaimer. Although we both are licensed physical therapists, we are not your physical therapist. Yeah, anyways. And our content is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your own healthcare team for individualized advice, diagnoses, and treatment. Ombuds? And, like, how butts sometimes get flatter, like, real narrow at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Like heart-shaped butts. Heart butts. Mm-hmm. Like, different shaped butts. There's a lot of heart-shaped butts out there. But then some people on, like, Instagram people, when they, like, pop their booty out and they're, like, doing that. Crazy, Hockey butt? Or, like, I don't know, just, like, the booty pose of social media. Like, that hurts my back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I look at that and I'm like, that back has got to hurt. I know. <laughs> that tailbone probably hurts probably hurts them to have sex they're probably constipated because like they're that's so arched i'm such a scrooge when i look at pictures like that oh i'm like you're gonna regret that someday you should stop doing that i mean is it does it come from a small place of jealousy maybe (laughs) but like even at the end of pregnancy i feel like because of how like hip shape changes People will see a change in the bulk of their glutes, their glute max, that big muscle that wraps around and makes your booty look Mm -hmm. either like full or flat. I think that's a lot of times related to how arched your back is or how extended thorax is versus my pet peeve, which is the talking about a posterior pelvic tilt. The heart-shaped butts, I feel like, are glute clenchers. Yeah. No, for sure. And they're like lower glute and sphincter clincher because it's like coming yeah. in at the bottom. And it's a bigger picture than a posterior tilt. I don't think it's a no, posterior it's tilt not. because their thorax is behind their pelvis. So it looks like they're tucking under, but their low back is still so super extended. Right. That's been always my, I hate that picture on Instagram that's like anterior pelvic tilt, neutral, posterior pelvic tilt. And I'm like, Correct, correct, incorrect, <laughs> you know, because the posterior pelvic tilt is just that person's hips have shifted forward, but they're still relatively anterior, like their pelvis relatively anterior to their spine. Mm-hmm. But they've just now overstretched the front of their hip and started squeezing their butt cheeks for dear life to stabilize that system that someone who's over lengthened something that shouldn't be over lengthened. 
So they have to hold on with something else for dear life. And it's often paired with that kyphosis or that hunchback. Right. So we're gripping with the upper ribs. We're gripping with the posterior pelvic floor. Gripping with that butthole. And that doesn't mean their obliques are strong. Right. Which is another pet peeve of mine. Oh, saying that external obliques are or like well if just, you're like gripping the top ribs in that kyphosis that your, your obliques are strong and i'm like no that's probably not it it's more like passive collapsing yeah i think right no i think it would be inaccurate to say that any person's abs are too strong in any way <laughs> i i feel like that too because if you stand up at pretty much any point in the day you're just naturally going to be driven into more of an erect, extended position because yeah. that is the nature of standing up. In if we were crawling around all day long, maybe some abs would be over tight. I have never come across someone whose abs are stronger than their back muscles. No. It's just anatomically not possible. And so then like upper ab gripping is very similar then to pelvic floor and like glute and like post posterior pelvic floor in particular gripping that also doesn't mean that those muscles are strong right it means that those muscles are overtaxed and probably actually exhausted Mm -hmm. because so then when we do put demand on them they can't take anymore Mm -hmm. so also the concept that someone who has a hypertonic pelvic floor of an overtight pelvic floor the thought that we just need to teach them how to relax their pelvic floor is also not enough for me. No, it's all about function and range of motion. So I was just thinking about this today. Strength is such a relative term because to me, strength means a muscle can go through its full range of motion Mm -hmm. and produce power. Mm -hmm. A muscle that's in a too shortened position for extended periods of time or an over-lengthened position for extended periods of time, both of those situations are going to lead to decreased strength because yeah. you're not getting through a full range of motion. And it's all about balance, like so, opposing muscle groups. So when you assess, I guess, another kind of traditional pelvic floor pet peeve of mine is that every other muscle in the body, when you're in PT school or whatever, PTA, athletic training, whatever, when you learn a manual muscle test, so how when you're pushing against someone, someone's muscle and you're trying to determine how strong that person is with your hands, how it should technically be graded is, okay, one, can they move it through its normal range of motion? Okay, great. They can do that against gravity, so then they're a three out of five. Then can they do that against some resistance, four out of five? Can they do that against a lot of resistance, five out of five? When we grade the pelvic floor, it's all dependent upon the strength of the elevation, but not of its ability to excurs like down. So you could score five out of five on your pelvic floor strength and have a completely dysfunctional pelvic floor. But like if you had an elbow you were testing and that person couldn't straighten their elbow, even though they could generate maybe a good amount of resistance against your hand, that doesn't count. Mm -hmm. It doesn't count as a five out of five because you don't have the full range. So for all of the like butt clenchers and the overactive pelvic floor people you test or pelvic pain or tailbone pain or whatever you very well may assess that pelvic floor and it be very strong but that's not 
it's not an accurate depiction of what that pelvic floor can do and can cause a lot of pain. Could still have hemorrhoids, could still have fissures, could still have chronic diarrhea, could still have fecal incontinence, pain with sex, tailbone pain, SI joint pain, back pain. If you're not looking at that picture, you're just going to identify like, oh, your pelvic floor strength is fine. I would say in the last six months have had like four or five patients, probably, oh, probably more patients that have had pelvic floor PT before and they're like, oh, well, the PT said my pelvic floor strength was good. What about the function? Well, they're they're back and they're seeing somebody else. So not good. (laughs) And when I ask, okay, well, can you, you can feel what a Kegel feels like? And they say, yeah, because clearly, because if they've scored five out of five on their strength test, they they can contract their pelvic floor. And I say, okay, take a nice deep breath in and try to see if you can feel air move into your rib cage, air move into your belly, air move down in between your sit bones or into your butthole. And they're like, uh, it stops at my neck <laughs> or it stops at my sternum or stops at my belly button. And it's like, okay, well, maybe you don't have a five out of five pelvic floor. Yeah. I, I'm not even going to grade Just it. living at the top I'm, floors. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you're hanging out on the roof. In a skyscraper. And right. So so like literally you're standing on the edge of the building. That is what's happening. Right. So what if you're standing on the edge of the top floor of a building? Heck yeah. I'm going to clench my asshole. <laughs> I'm going to clench everything I've got. I don't want to tip off the edge. I think especially right now, people are on their own little proverbial edge of the building <laughs> you know i've been on my edge for <laughs> yeah. what are we going on six months now like you know kids didn't go back to school one day in march it was friday the 13th by the way was it oh mm-hmm. my gosh mm-hmm. yeah like our careers have shifted in strange ways lots of people's spouses maybe lost jobs or changed jobs or or had to you know recalibrate life yeah, kids now didn't have childcare anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, 2020. Yeah. The year of the tight asses. <laughs> yeah. The year of the tight blue knot. Oh, yes. So for us to say like, oh, yeah, just, you know, just relax your, your asshole. <laughs> is, is, I can't. Is, I, I literally, if I do, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> so it's crazy because within those first couple of weeks of the COVID chaos happening, I got back symptoms I hadn't had for like a couple years. My symphysis pubic pain. Mm. I think I was getting tight butt, lots of clenching painful poops and i was like what the fuck is going on <laughs> i'm like almost like, four years postpartum <laughs> yeah i was like in my first trimester already constipated because of first trimester i remember when camp school was like all right we're closing i like left work that day went to hobby lobby was like oh you know what let me just try to use this as an opportunity i'm gonna go get all these craft supplies we're gonna just I'm going to be home. We're going to just have a grand old time. I was like, we're not going to watch TV. <laughs> Literally, I did that for one day. <laughs> My husband got home from work. He walked in the door and I was like, you're up. <laughs> like, I can't do this. <laughs> I was just exhausted. And so thankfully, Cam's daycare reopened, you know, with limited hours at first and is now back to normal. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> 
But if that hadn't happened, like I give so much props to every parent of sort of kids that haven't had care or are doing some sort of modified school right now or just home all fucking time. Can you imagine the parents of teenagers right now? Or like I mean, middle schoolers that are starting that like, adolescence oh, Lord. that need friends, that literally need to get out of yeah. the house and like have friends. I, I I don't know. I should count my blessings that like, my oldest is seven. <laughs> that yeah, how much how much wine would need to be consumed? You That's know? subscription status <laughs> for sure. Yeah, get a delivery, get a delivery service. Thankfully, Camps is in daycare because if he wasn't. I don't know, like this pregnancy with not no with not drinking would that'd be, that'd be bad timing. Just that'd be really, really rough. Bad timing. Yeah. <laughs> so as far as like all the symptoms, we should probably clarify: uh, stress drives your nervous system, mm-hmm. which drives breathing patterns, mm-hmm. which drives pelvic floor movement or not movement Mm -hmm. because it drives diaphragm movement or not movement. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so when we get caught in compensated breathing patterns, we have tight upper traps, our shoulders are in our ears, we're taking these short, quick breaths. Um, We feel like a squirrel all day long or that we're like under pressure and going to explode at any moment. That affects literally our whole body. So I have a lot of people tell me that their symptoms increase or they just don't feel good during stressful times. Oh, yeah. And that's why, because stress really does affect our musculoskeletal system because it affects our nervous system. Yeah, I tend to get my prolapse symptoms back when things are real rough. Mm-hmm. And so if you tend to get symptoms back in stressful periods, it's okay. <laughs> they will go away. <laughs> It's just the stress. Or that we don't necessarily, the first thing doesn't necessarily have to be straight into blaming the pelvic floor or blaming the prolapse or blaming Mm -hmm. the hemorrhoid. Those things are the victim of a system that is so tense and so tight. And I love ignoring the pelvic, (laughs) that sounds terrible. I love ignoring the pelvic floor and saying, you know what? All you've been thinking about for the last couple of weeks, because you're, you've got a vein bulging out of your asshole, is how much that's annoying and how much that hurts. So we're going to become like hyper focused and hyper sensitive. But the reason why that's probably part of the reason why that's probably happening is because, yeah, you can't get your shoulders out of your ears. Your jaw is like completely clenched. You're you're not breathing, you're not sleeping, you're not eating good food, you're not drinking any water. That's the end result. Mm-hmm. So yes, do we want to get that inflammation down? Do we want to manage those symptoms? Do we want to teach that pelvic floor how to relax? But how sustainable is teaching that pelvic floor how to relax if we don't have a whole system that can... If the breathing pattern still like... If you're still like... Driving <sighs> it. Mm-hmm. All the time. Mm -hmm. And when we're stressed, likely it's because, you know, we're crunched on time or we don't have the energy. So we're probably not going to do our routine, like activity workouts, Mm -hmm. like things that actually decrease our stress, take care of ourselves, eat well, hydrate, hang out with friends. Mm -hmm. So it just like compounds on itself. Mm -hmm. 
So stress is a bitch, mm-hmm. is the bottom line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 2020. Yeah, because, like, honestly, what could be worse than already being, like, so stressed with your kid's school, trying to figure out computers, and then now your butthole's bleeding. Mm-hmm. And it hurts. Like... <laughs> you can't sit or move without being... Yeah. Can you, like add worse insult to that injury there's stressors in in our lives of in the best of times Mm -hmm. um new babies yeah yeah so i have i'll share a little tidbit is that uh, trying to get pregnant with both children uh had sort of reiki slash energy work before conceiving both of them two to two times literally reiki pregnant like I'm all for it. <laughs> and then so this pregnancy, I've kind of been following up with it just because it has been a little bit more of a, just like a higher stress time. And I think what's going to be really important for yeah managing symptoms, not getting a hemorrhoid, you know, all of that is taking time to focus on how I feel. Where is that tension? Checking in with my body. And Ricky is just the the modality to do that it's just the opportunity to do that so it doesn't necessarily have to be something like that if that's not what you're into but um, there's something to me that's just so indulgent and like Mm -hmm. so like self-care like that that's the definition of self-care to me is like I can go I can be by myself I can lay there I can have someone else tune into you completely for that 45 minutes hour and there's something that feels really good to me <laughs> about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if someone else takes the ownership for a second as I'm working on myself. And that's also how I, I hope people feel when they're getting sort of physical therapy, too. Not that we're doing everything for them, but it's like I'm listening. I understand. Even I don't understand. I'm here for it. And you're taking this time to, like, commit to your, your body and commit to your well well-being and like bravo just creating that space to you for them yeah i mean that's a huge therapeutic effect mm-hmm. that's awesome i need to try reiki it's cool i haven't done that yet pretty cool. i'm all for it i usually cry and i'm not a big crier <laughs> isn't that <laughs> but I crazy think it's like yeah to me it's like when do we ever get the chance to really listen to our body completely uninterrupted mm-hmm as people, period, but especially moms. Like, when someone's not touching you. Yeah. Or no screaming one's asking for you. For anything. <laughs> or no, running around the house in circles know. around you. Um, like, we get touched out. Mm-hmm. You know? We're, oh, I remember that so vividly when the kids were younger. You were touched all day, either nursing or caring or being climbed on. And then when it came to, like, bedtime and, like, you were with your husband, I'm like, don't freaking touch me yeah. like i need a 10 foot diameter distance yeah. leave me alone like i will sleep up i will sleep in a different room like it's not that i don't yeah it's not that i don't love you i just need this bubble and and i think even the most like extroverted touchy person can get can get to that like class extra claustrophobic extra touched out my energy is all gone i need to re recoup recoup my my energy so stress obviously big driver for symptoms pulling back the curtain 
real life story. I think, well, I know that how you train and work out is also very impactful in your pelvic floor symptoms. Mm -hmm. And I learned, (laughs) I didn't know a damn thing about pelvic floor anything. Um, But way back when I was sophomore, I was big into sports, always in sports, always in the weight room. 180 pounds of just like I couldn't buy jeans because my butt and thighs were just big right and that that caused a typo (laughs) like knowing what I know now the advice I got then just makes me mad um I literally remember my doctor doing like an anal exam and going wow you have a really tight butt (laughs) thanks (laughs) yeah is this good (laughs) what does that mean um because I literally could not relax my balloon knot ever Mm -hmm. and so it led to anal fissures because going to the bathroom you have to relax your pelvic floor to let things out or things will not come out right Mm -hmm. or they'll just tear their way out (laughs) eventually (laughs) it will come out which leads to fissures which are just little tiny cuts in your butthole that bleed every time you have a bowel movement and they really never heal or it's hard they do heal it's hard for them to heal because if you have regular bowel movements which is healthy and good they don't have time to heal Mm. between Mm -hmm. right so like but then if you don't poop for a couple days yeah then you got other problems they're gonna rip right back open (laughs) yeah so it was yeah i I guess I've always had a tight butthole way back then. Um, but I had anal fissures for 10 years. Oh, my gosh. It was kids. How that, are you not in public floor PT? I don't know. No one talked. No one. I didn't know it was a thing. Yeah. No one talked about it. And even in college when we did a section on women's health, we did not talk about the butt. You know, it was talk- like It was leaking and like, you know, muscles and whatever. Like to strengthen the pelvic floor. Yeah. It was not about the butt. But it's amazing the lack of So how guidance. did they eventually heal? Getting pregnant. Oh. I think the pressure of the baby and I think just, you know. After I, having the baby or mm-hmm. in pregnancy? Um, they started to heal during the pregnancy. I just noticed I'm like, huh. My butt hasn't bled in a long time. That's fun. And then I literally haven't, I've had one instance since having kids. So I don't know. Like, obviously, now like I know a lot elastin, more than I did. Like the relaxing and the hormones, maybe. Yeah. I also did stop <clears throat> living, like lifting heavy, which may have been driving the mm. tightness, you know. I don't know. It was crazy. So I've never had hemorrhoids. Thank God. I mean, I had another backdoor problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that the sphincter, it needs to relax. It wasn't even like that I was shitting these huge logs. Like it wasn't constipation. It wasn't like big poops. It was just because it was already injured. It was yeah. just very, very difficult for yeah. that to heal. It was literally like I would bleed with diarrhea. Mm-hmm. Like anything passing through. Yeah. Um. So... So that kind of brings us to sort of the statement that I love. Everyone's constipated until proven not. <laughs> That's great. That's perfect. Because I think so many people are like, yeah, I poop once a day or I actually run a little looser and I maybe poop multiple times a day, but it's more diarrhea-y. 
That does not a healthy bowel and Mm-mm. pelvic floor. The mean. Bristol stool chart. Look it up. Mm-hmm. You got to know your poop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Analyze your poop. It yeah. tells you a lot about your gut health. Type 1 poops are separate hard lumps like nuts. Like, like little, very dry. Like dry, dry little pellets like Like rabbit. goat poop. Yeah. Rabbit poop, deer mm-hmm. poop. Type 2 is sausage-shaped but lumpy. Mm-hmm. So still dry. It's lumpy, but it's all in one piece. Yeah. Those are hard on your butthole. Yeah. It's like gravelly. <laughs> it's like gravel. They're dry. <laughs> and then three is like a sausage but with cracks on the surface, so it's a little bit more soft. It's less lumpy. Less lumpy. It's a little more... Yeah, still dry. So type four is the golden poops. This is where you want to be. Have you heard of ratemypoop.com? Or am I just weird? Okay, in high school, I don't know how I learned about this website, but you know the internet weird website. Yeah, the internet was weird back then. The internet was new, and like people were just making websites. I mean... It's always odd. But anyway, so ratemypoop.com. People literally, I need to go back and see if this is still a thing, like 15 years later. Um, they would You take a picture of your poop and people rate it. I mean, in college, we would like, <laughs> if you if someone had like an epic poop, you'd like take a picture of it and send it to the whole team. <laughs> so like, have you had a poop that you were so proud of because it was so long that like you had to show somebody? Ash gets really mad at me. (laughs) You know what's so funny? It's like, I poop with the door open. So do I. I, like, fart on purpose, like, out loud. I'm not, like, embarrassed about that at all at home. Yeah. And Bobby's, like, very embarrassed. The same. Ash, too. I can count on one hand how many times Bobby's farted in front of me, which is bizarre for a guy, I I feel like. I know. Ash doesn't do that either. It's so weird. So our kids are learning to fart because of me. So that's, you know, just on my shoulders. Gender <laughs> roles and stereotypes. Good for you. Oh, Ash thinks it's so gross. Ratemypoop.com. Yep. So if you get a nice type four poop, it's like long, it's hydrated, so it's not cracked on the surface. Um, we didn't even talk about color because color, you can dive into color too. I don't know a lot about color but like black and green and brown if you are proud of your poop you're probably around a stage four if you get a nice big long log yeah smooth easy to come out it's almost like it takes you by surprise like yeah i'm like oh "Oh, that was big (laughs) i did not i didn't realize that was that long (laughs) um another thing that i learned is that the girth is important mm, yes. to clear your GI tract. So you might mm-hmm. have like a nice long poop, but it's really skinny. skinny. Yeah, That could mean that there's poop left in your like Cold. GI system mm-hmm. because, you know, you think the the bigger the girth, the more it's going to clear that tube, right? Yeah. Well, and if you think about it, and I feel like that happens with pelvic floor tightness. So if you're like a pelvic floor clencher or you're like kind of butthole clencher, is that when the poop does come out if those muscles don't relax open all the way even if the poop on the inside is like a certain diameter it's gonna like squeeze it down to whatever diameter that's true mm-hmm. because so it of could the be tension a... so like sometimes that number four is okay it was smooth it was long it was easy to pass but it was kind of thin there yeah there's still some constraints that go on mm-hmm. go on that for sure 
Yeah. yeah. The, the, is the color stuff more like gut related or like? I think so. I've I looked into it a long time ago. It you know it's like the nutrients you're getting yeah. and um stuff like that. But yeah, that's a whole nother topic. So then type five are soft blobs, but they have clear edges. So. It's not like mushy. It's not like applesauce yet. Six is that it's fluffy and like ragged, but it's not completely water. And you you know those poops. Those are period poops, I feel like. At least More for like me. inflammatory. Yeah like, yeah, yeah, like the mushy, like just ragged looking ones. I wonder what causes that. I bet you could learn so much about poop. Like the texture, the color, the I need to find a good book or something. I feel about like poop. almost intuitively I'll sometimes like manipulate foods I eat or water I drink or if I take a little magnesium to like manipulate that scale. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that wasn't so great. I'm gonna need a little more. Yeah, because your poop tells you a lot about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And 80% of our immunity is in our gut. Right. So <laughs> it's really important. And we don't talk yeah, about poop just, because poop is gross. Yeah. You know. It's kind of like periods, right? <laughs> right. Where it's like. It's too gross. Uh, do I really want to talk about this? But again, you can learn so much. So much. Mm-hmm. And then type seven is the last one. It's watery. There's no solid pieces. It's like the you're worst. Sick. Like you're of, sick. Like, of the diarrhea. Oh my gosh. So Bristol stool chart. So Look my, it up. We have this deaf hound dog. She's a plot hound. She's actually really cute looking, <laughs> which is why we are tricked by her. <laughs> oh, Betty. Um, she's like brindle hound. Yeah, she's. I think she's a good looking dog. She's cute. But I didn't know anything about hound dogs. I'm from Canada. There's no one who have hounds. This is like a North Carolina dog. Yeah, so she's deaf and she's more like a cat, I would say, <laughs> than a dog. Like she doesn't get excited when we come in the door. She doesn't want to play fetch. She wants to lay on the couch, like curl up in a little ball. And when we come in the door, she'll put her head on the back of the couch and be like, uh, are you going to feed me? <laughs> um, so she's just a weird personality dog. And she will spite pee and poop. Oh, it's on the worst. floor. And and it, this has only happened since we've had our son. Like she never did that before. Mainly I think because we would walk her multiple times a day because we didn't have a backyard then and run with her all the time and take her everywhere and travel with yeah. her. Mm-hmm. Then we moved, we got this nice backyard and you know, we still walk her. Mm-hmm. Maybe just not as frequently as we did before having a child. Mm-hmm. So, oh, but it's like fully spite, <laughs> fully spite. She will get into the trash out of spite and she will poop on the floor out of spite. So yesterday I take Cam upstairs and I sit on the, we were going to play like play up in the playroom. I sit on the floor and I like turn. Oh no. And I was about a millimeter away from sitting in Betty's crap that she had crapped on oh, my white freaking no. crap. <laughs> Oh, it was. What was nice, it on the Bristol stool chart? It was like an emoji. Like, it oh, was like, no. <laughs> curl, curl, curl. Like the unicorn poop. Like perfect <laughs> consistency, perfect shape. Actually, thankfully, it was maybe edging towards a little hard. So it actually picked up off of the. Well, carpet, at least she was too bad. considerate oh. in that respect. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine if you had sat in if that? If I had sat in that, <laughs> I was, Betty would have been gone. <laughs> I was so close to sitting in it. Like, oh my, I, how I did not sit in it. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. But girl has got a consistent bowel That's pattern, impressive. 
<laughs> I mean, at least it wasn't a seven. <laughs> because we've had a couple sevens with our dogs in the last month, and what a bitch to clean up. Yeah, and it like as I'm, you know, Cam's been potty trained now for a while. I haven't had to deal with the diaper in a while, and I was like, last night I'm cleaning up. I'm like, I have a whole lot more shit in my future. <laughs> yep, you're gonna start that all over again. <gasps> whole lot more diapers, a whole lot more poop, and but baby poop, breastfed baby poop. It's no big deal. I feel. Yeah, like. it's when they get into eating solids. <laughs> 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 then we can really analyze. But even with babies, I feel like when Cam was little, I would like obsessively like Google. Oh, yeah. Me what too. Is this? What is this? Why does this look a little different? What and color? Constipation is so prevalent in kids. You read it all the time on like the mom groups. Like mm-hmm. my kid hasn't pooped in five days. Ugh, I yeah. remember Elsie. I feel like that's like a big reason that kids go to the ER or like yeah. go to urgent care is because. I mean, yeah. and it can it can really cause a lot of problems. It can. And Elsie was really tricky. She's always been prone to like a little constipation. Yeah. But I would hold her like her back to my stomach and hold her in like a squat. So like your hands are under their knees and their butts really low. Mm-hmm. And that always seemed to help her. But she was really tricky this past year. She'll poop almost every day right mm-hmm. and she's more independent too so it's yeah. it's harder to check don't like well not my kids but <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so she was pooping every day but she was complaining of her stomach hurting like bad and i'm like what is going on and we went to the doctor and i'm like i know she's not constipated because she poops all the time every day and it's a good amount of poop it's not just little pellets And they took an x-ray and she was backed Mm -hmm. up bad. And I'm like, how is that possible? So Mm. your kids can be tricky. They can still be constipated even though they're regular. Yeah, Mm. I wonder too, like we kind of, I can't remember if we talked about this before. Like if you're full of shit, (laughs) you're not going to feel good. No. Because that's all your like toxins and stuff. Like just sitting in your body. You're just reabsorbing like all those nutrients you already digested. I don't know. So if your kids are like acting like little jerks or they're just not acting like themselves. Yeah. I feel like chances are probably pretty good that they're full of poop. Yeah. And diet is so important with that. But and And then us also. Right. Yeah. So like, yeah, we're not feeling good. We're feeling extra stressed. You know, what could also be another driver of all that stress is that, yeah, we're not we're not eliminating. We're not getting those toxins. We're getting the evil out. Mm-hmm. You know, I think estrogen is excreted in poop. Mm-hmm. I need to double check that. But if you're not regular and you're not excreting yeah, those hormones, all that, all then that you're going to be imbalanced, which hormones, as we know, drive everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yay, hormones. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, keep your I, kids regular. Did you ever have this before, like, a, a sporting event? Or I feel like it got really bad in PT school, like, before, like, practical exams. Nervous poops? Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, in, in PT school, we called our practical exams OSCEs. We call it OSCE bowel syndrome, OBS. And, like... We, I lived in a basement apartment with two other girls in my class, and like we had one small bathroom in our, in our apartment, and it became a thing because like we couldn't avoid the fact that all of us would have to have like <laughs> horrific, <laughs> some poopery, yeah, and, and we would just be like, 
Guys, sorry. It's OBS. I can't. <laughs> oh, my god! And then what's so funny is that, like, we would just, like, joke about it with the three of us. And then, like, if you went to the bathroom at the school before your practical exam, you could tell that, like, everyone else was having the same. <laughs> just, like, oh. get all the evil out. Get all the bad vibes out. It's so funny because that's that nervous system response. Yeah. If you got to run... You're, you're like dumping everything mm-hmm. so you don't have to run with you a system full of around. poop, you right? <laughs> so. Yeah. Fecal urgency is definitely something that I had a whole lot more after having Cam that I'd ever had mm-hmm. in my life aside from that. But it wasn't really like urgency. It was just like, oh, this is going to be a big, big poop and it's mm-hmm. happening. Always my whole life I could suppress that bowel urge. Mm-hmm. And then it would be like, oh, crap, I'm at the grocery store and I have a baby in a carrier and I have a cart full of groceries. Oh, nightmare. Oh, my gosh. I need to poop now. And that fecal urgency is really often attributed to actually more pelvic floor tension than than weakness. I feel like there can be cases where it is related to weakness, where things like we just can't, con- you know, can't control it or where, where you'd lose your whole, you know, lose your bowels, which can totally happen. And I think could have potentially happened to me a few times with Cam. Thankfully, I was able to like, just ditch, the, <laughs> ditch my cart and like, make it. But um, the strategy that I feel like helped me the most during those times was actually like breathe in, relax my belly, relax my pelvic floor, because the more I would try to stop it, like the more I would try to tighten up and the more I would try to like, yeah, and then it almost gets squeezed out. Yeah, I feel like that would totally make it make it worse. Um, Along those lines, a tidbit is that it's not always a bad thing to hold your pee, but you don't want to chronically hold your poop. Mm -hmm. The longer it sits in your rectum, the more water is absorbed out of it. So then it might be hard Mm -hmm. by the time you actually get around to going and then it can lead to constipation. So I thought that was an interesting fact. Yeah. So not not resisting the urge to to go when you have to go yeah if you can go go Mm -hmm. you don't want to hold poop because i think constipation or like retaining stools and all that also if you think about how much weight that puts on the pelvic floor it's going to influence how well that pelvic floor can also control your bladder also can right influence prolapse a big thing that i think a lot of people don't know is that it's not normal to have to splint to get all your poop out yeah or pooping and then having some like skid marks in your underwear Mm -hmm. like that's fecal incontinence and it's not that you're not necessarily able to manage your bowels but it's a sign that those muscles aren't maybe coordinating well and so all the poop isn't getting out and then it ends up in your underwear which is not pleasant no not at all I'm such a hypocrite because I'm like, oh, yeah, don't hold your poop. And then Owen, the other week, two times in a row at the slam class, it was like right on the dot. Like the same time. time, halfway through class, he had to poop. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you should have gone before we got here. And I had to take him both times because he was his eyes got so big. He waited a couple minutes. He's like, mom, 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 mom. And you can, you can tell. Yeah. You can tell when they can hold it. And you can tell what you're going to regret yeah. <laughs> not taking oh it to God. the bathroom. 
I'm like, oh. So, like, the potty training book that I read for Cam was start pooping with the door open for your kids. Start talking about poop. Don't make it so it's something that they're, like, nervous about. Yes, we do need to talk about, like, boundaries and that it's private, but it doesn't need to be, um, like, taboo for kids because that can contribute to some of that holding mm-hmm. behavior. Mm-hmm. And so when we first potty trained Cam, we didn't put underwear on him. It was just like we went no pants to then commando, then adding underwear. So he's totally fine with underwear, but he doesn't always like to wear underwear. So sometimes I'll send him to school with no underwear and the teachers kind of know that that's how we potty train him. <laughs> so they don't care. But when he poops at home, he's like really proud about it and like really loud about it. <laughs> Own so, it. I love so he's it. like, I have to poop. And we're like, all right, go ahead. (laughs) We're like, do you need any help? He's like, no. We're like, all right. And sometimes he'll be like, yes, I need help. And I'll go in and like, what do you need help with? And he'll say, my breathing. And we'll go, oh, that's so cute. And we'll breathe and he'll poop. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's adorable. But then he'll come out of the bathroom. He always takes his pants fully off to poop. Owen was like that, too. super annoying because he can't always get them back on himself so then i'll come out of the bathroom wipe my butt i pooped and i think he does the same thing at school do i think the teachers think he's a little bit of a an exhibitionist (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh that's hilarious yeah oh kids and poop there's so much to be said about potty training it's about that time to wind down wouldn't you say we're lame it's nine o'clock on a friday i know what is wrong with us um we're hearing really awesome feedback from the first couple episodes, so we hope you guys are enjoying it. Remember to throw some stars our way and rate it on any podcast app that you're listening yeah, on. Yeah, because that's important for reaching more people. And comments. So I think something that we could do is we could do a little comment competition. So if you submit a comment on um on any of our platforms, whether that's Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. I don't know. We'll check all of them. If you leave a comment, you'll be eligible to win a prize that we don't know what it is yet. Squatty potty. Yeah, probably a squatty potty. <laughs> that's always a good. We didn't talk about how do we talk about poop and not a squatty potty? We have to talk about the squatty potty. Yeah. Go look up the squatty potty commercial Unicorn, on YouTube. Yeah. That's what I mean. is it called? Squatty Potty? Squatty Potty Unicorn Poops, maybe? Or Squatty Potty... Just just YouTube Squatty Potty, and you're going to find it. It is hilarious. So but it, it's actually correct. Yeah. Like so it explains how the puborectalis loops around the asshole. And when your <laughs> knees come higher than your hips, it helps that muscle learn how to release with that downward pressure and eliminate your poop effectively so that when your knees are lower than your hips that muscle does tend to be in a little bit more tense position and i find i don't know maybe it's just because i'm taller that on our toilets are fairly standard height that sometimes it's a little our squatty potty is a little too high oh yeah it's a little too much stretch so i'll either do like one foot or actually use like a yoga block it's a little smaller and then that seems to be better for me. What but about it's just like, based on like my proportions? But like my husband, who's my height, like swears by the squatty potty just the way it is. 
He's a little shorter than you. A little bit. So what about people in Asia that literally squat to poop? I think that's what they've always done. So you think it's more habit? Mm -hmm. And like good ankle mobility and good thoracic mobility. And if we are never in that squatting position, you can compensate your way down into a deep squat Mm, sometimes, but not... Mm -hmm. But like if you don't have the ankle mobility, the thoracic mobility, the hip mobility to sit down in that deep squat, then you're going to be tensioning somewhere Mm -hmm. and probably your pelvic floor, you're not going to be able to like eliminate well. So when Ash was, when my husband was in Korea and I went to visit him, we were at the first day I was there, a restaurant and a very traditional restaurant. And I went in the bathroom and there was just like a hole in the ground. I literally left and went back to him at the table. I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> like, how do I use this? And he's like, you have to squat. You can communicate with Addie and I both in regards to the podcast questions, comments, concerns, topics that you want discussed on our podcast Facebook page, Don't Beat Around the Bush Podcast, as well as our email account, which is Don't Beat Around the Bush Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find our podcast on all the major podcast platforms. So please subscribe, comment, and share all the bushy love. It's probably pretty obvious that our episodes are edited and produced by Addie and myself. (laughs) And our music is provided by Blockhead.